Blog Talk Radio.
that are in the hospitals that are working so diligently to keep us healthy, the doctors, the nurses, and all the sundry people in the labs, the cleaning people, everything. We really appreciate everything you do. For those who are working in the, the trades, the, the, the market, to keep us uh, healthy, we can't say enough about how much we appreciate you. Um, we were uh, going to have a good show here tonight. Um, we have uh, Mr. Ty. How are you tonight? Sir, I'm well. How are you doing? Doing great. Bob, doing okay? Oh, fantastic. Or should we call you Skipper now? He went all the way up to the 30-foot boat. Yep, yep, we're up to the 30-foot boat now. We're all, uh, all, the best I'll do is Skipper. The wife's the captain, you know. So. Oh, we know that. Hell, when yeah. we get married, I, when we walk down the aisle, I said to my wife, well, uh, just so you'll know, from here on out, I'm the captain of the ship. She said, oh, yes, honey, no problem. But just remember, you're married to the Admiral of the Navy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I, you know what? I, I used to have a captain, but I had to jump overboard. So lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> You're I think the last thing I screamed when I left was, man, overboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a, a big show tonight. Tony, how you doing tonight? Now you're on mute there. No, I'm here. Very good. Oh, okay. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Oh, yeah. Hey, Tony. Uh, Bob, you had a big. Uh, let me ask what's going on between uh, with Dana White making the uh, trying to make a match with Naganu uh, and Ganey. Uh, uh, the gun on game, yeah, because well, game he just took out Lewis, right? Uh, right, pull that up, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, uh, so yeah, that'd be the next contender with him. They were talking about getting John Jones again in there, but Jones we won't see again till 2022. He's he's sitting on the fence, so that leaves uh, DP Miocic. So, uh, they're they're more than likely going to uh, do exactly the matchup you're talking about, uh, Nagano versus mm-hmm. game. Because uh, Dane, you know, he's just undefeated. He's looking great. Uh, you know, he's he's the interim champ now. Uh, it was one, I think he defended it once, right? That was his last or first event. And so, uh, uh, yeah, the, the next lineup would be Nagano. Mm-hmm. Well, you, yeah, you just mentioned uh, John Jones. He's, he's slated for uh, uh, UFC 265 with uh, Mayaki. Did you know uh, that? Fifi Miocic, yeah. Um, why well, I, I just I just looked that up. Um and I think I think they're gonna push that back till twenty twenty two. And uh mm-hmm. um because Jones won't come to the table. So I'm not sure if that's gonna go through or not. If it does, that's the next lineup, but if not, then they'll give uh Steepy the next lineup for between the winner of Nagano and, and uh Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jones that's how John Jones's camp said that uh uh, a fight with Stipe Miocic doesn't make sense right now for him. Um, obviously, he's looking to come back and get an immediate title shot. Stipe's not the champion. Um, and I don't think he looks at that as a big money fight, which obviously, you know, he's chasing big money right now. So. Um, they were thinking about it, but then Dana came out a couple of days ago and said he probably don't expect to see him until 2022. So we'll see. Yes, sir. Uh, Ty, w- w- tell me what 
tell me about what you think about this. Uh, what's the story? Does Crawford have a, have, a, have a tear in his eye? Does he not? First I saw that he, was, he had surgery for it, that he called the fight off. Oh, you mean yeah. Errol Spence? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Errol Spence. Yeah. No, and now fine. I'm seeing so apparently, the trade, everybody's saying yeah. that's a lie. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people are saying that. I, I'm not going to even question that. If he said he had a retinal tail, this would have been the biggest fight of his career, the biggest payday of his career. Um, so for me, he says he has a retinal tear. He has a retinal tear. Um, to me, the bigger issue is when I first read that it happened, the first thing I thought about was the car accident. Um, right. One thing we know is that once the body experiences a certain type of trauma, it's more susceptible to that type of trauma. He experienced a, a tremendous physical trauma. He had to have like a facial reconstruction surgery, new teeth and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And so when he had this retinal damage, it, it, it just kind of made me think physically, even though he may be fully recovered, is he the guy he once was? I've, I've personally felt he looked really lethargic um, in all the press conferences and everything I've seen him in um, since the accident. I didn't think he looked like the physically overwhelming force against Danny Garcia. He seemed to be more bothered by punches uh, than he used to be to me. So I don't know if the physicality is there. So I kind of actually worry about what level he's actually at um, at this point in his career. With that said, I still would have favored him going against Pacquiao just because he's a good fighter, uh, much bigger guy, good range. I think Pacquiao fighting Adonis Ugas uh, is a much more winnable fight for him. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Pacquiao went in as the favorite. But at the same time, it could be a very, very difficult matchup for Pacquiao as well. Ugas is a very big guy. Um, and if he can deal with the shock of Pacquiao's firepower, because Pacquiao's shocking firepower, I'm sorry, floor teeth, um, if he can deal with that, then he's the kind of guy who can physically impose himself. He's a tremendous, tremendous body puncher. And uh, mm-hmm. Pacquiao's a tremendous job, but taking these shots to the body at the age of 42, 43 years old wears you down a little quicker than it did at 22, 23. So uh, it, it's it's a, still a very good fight, but I think now Pacquiao might go in as a favorite. Okay. Uh, hey, Tony, um, we got uh, Devin Haney's talking about moving up to, to 140 pounds uh, so he can face Mikey Garcia. Uh, one, is that a good match? And two, Dr. Chris has always said when you move up to do something like that, it's not a very good idea. I definitely wouldn't go against what Dr. Chris is by any means. Um, and I'm sure trying to lose weight or gain weight to make the next level is, is always going to be hard one way or another. Uh, so do I think it's good? I, I guess that's really, it's his body. I, it's kind of where he feels comfortable at, like kind of like what Perella said last week when he went down and how it affected him just even, you know, six or seven pounds. Um, as far as the fight itself, I mean, I think it's, I think that'll be a great fight. I, I like Mark, Mikey Garcia a lot. I think he's a great fighter. I like Haney a lot. Another great fighter. Um, if he can get up there and get comfortable and wait, I think he could probably take Mikey Garcia. That would be my opinion. But. Ooh. Ty. Yeah, I don't. I, I actually disagree with Cody. I, I think if Mikey Garcia were able to make 140, remember he's been fighting at 147. If he were able to make 140, 
uh, I would favor him over over Devin Haney. Uh, Devin Haney's coming up from 135. His best fight, his toughest fight, was against Jorge Linares, and he really had to hang on those last three rounds to survive. I think Mikey's a different animal as far as his timing, his power, his durability, um, his ability to stay in the pocket and fire, unlike Jorge Linares at this point in his career. Uh, Mikey's also a little younger, a lot fresher than Linares as well. Um, with that being said, I don't see that fight being made at all. Um, Mikey has been fighting lately for premier boxing championships. I don't know if he's a promotional free agent, but he would do business with Dazzin to, to get a fight with Haney. But I think he has his sights set on something bigger. I don't think Haney is a big enough name for him at this point. That's why Mikey hasn't been taking fights like that. I think Haney for Mikey would be a lot of risk because Haney is a good fighter. Um, not significant reward because Haney's not a proven fighter as yet. As far as 140, Haney's a young guy. And, you know, those young guys, can, they can go up and come back down and, you know, until they outgrow the division. And I don't think he's, he's done that yet. But there's just a lot, of, a lot of meat and lightweight for Haney before he even thinks about uh, moving up to 140. But obviously, Mikey would be a big fight. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Bob, uh, there's talk now for uh, early 22 of uh, Andesanya and, and Whitaker. Um, do you think that's going to come to pass? It could. I think that um, I think that they were slotting that. That should be their second matchup, I think. Or uh, and I think they got. Yeah, that should and that's that's getting pushed back to 2022. Um, right. Adesanya is you know talking smack in the whole division, you know, which he deserves to right now, and he put the warning out to anybody in his division that you know they're not going to have a chance, and the guy is on fire. So, um, but yeah, I mean Whitaker, he looked great back in the day. Um, you know, so, uh, I don't know why it got pushed back, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be 2022. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think it got pushed back just because their schedule is pretty booked from here to the end of the year. Um, and, okay. and you're right. This would be a rematch. And right now, Adesanya and Whitaker have seen the proven themselves to be the two guys, you know, heads and shoulders above the division. Um, if he goes ahead and were to beat Robert Whitaker, well, that's his first rematch. Kind of like, you know, uh, Kamal Uzman about to fight uh, uh, Kobe Covington in a rematch. When you start rematching guys to beat them, you're starting to lap the field. And that, that, that's when you're becoming or have the potential to become a great champion, when you're starting to lap the field. And that's with Israel and both Kamal Uzman are on the precipice of doing, trying to lap the field. Yeah, and then pull away is that uh, head and shoulders leap. Yeah, I'm still laughing yep. at the guy with the rectal tear. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow! I know. <laughs> he pulled that out of his ass. Wow! How'd you just find that out? No, you guys were talking about a retina tear. So I don't know. I don't hear well. But anyway, the wife the wife <laughs> chimed in funny. and said a retina. A retina tear would actually be career ending, even if they put it back together. So maybe a strain, maybe something like that, but an actual tear would be career ending. Ret- retinol, not rectum. Yeah, I, I get. I, I'm hard Retinol, hearing. damn near killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, one of your favorite fighters, Kajadi, uh and Porter, 
Now they're trying to put one of those one of that match together. Do you think that's a, a decent match? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I guess Gagey, you know, he's been hanging out in the winds, but I think they've got other plans. You know, they're they're talking Poirier and uh, 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 Connor four, you know, because Connor broke it. You know, but Connor right now is flopping in the wind. Oh, part of the pun, you know, of his leg. But uh, um, yeah, they're because uh, you know because of his leg. And, you know, then they're talking – I guess he's talking to all one of the Herpy brothers. So, um, I don't know exactly what's <laughs> happening with him, uh, you know. Uh, but Connor's still floating out there with his ego. It's the only thing he's got going with him right now. And uh, so, Gagey, I think they were talking about lining him up with somebody else. But I would like to see – Michael uh, Taylor. Their, Michael Taylor. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see the two in there. Yeah. And um, because that would be a great fight, because on top right now is uh, I forget who's on top. Help me out, Ty. Chucky Olive, Charles Oliveira. Yeah, yeah. So, so Oliveira. So, and then so they've talked about maybe even Poirier versus Oliveira. So Gagey, I think, is going to get matched up against Chandler, just like Ty said. Ty, uh, what do you think of the uh, Galahad fight? Put the, uh, oh, oh, Kid Galahad. He looked good. Um, he, he went in as a favorite. He had fought Jazz Dickens uh, a few years back, stopped him in 10. Uh, this time he stopped him in 11. Um, he looked pretty good. And it's, it's interesting to see uh, where he goes from here. I think he's a guy, his only loss was, was a very close fight to Josh Warrington, um, and a lot of people thought he won that fight. I didn't think. I thought Josh nicked it. Um, but to me, he seems like he's improved since then, so I'm very interested to see where he goes from here. I thought he looked good, though. Tony, what do you think? I missed that one altogether. I'm sorry. Hey, hey guys, this is the third time Tony said that tonight. What do you think? Should we start invoking a fine of uh, 25 bucks for every time he says that? Just make it 50. Make it as much as you want. But you know what, man? I never, I never, uh, I don't think you could uh, find a guy in, in the U in the U.S. when we're talking about a fight that happened in the U.K. So, like Tony, I mean, you gotta watch it, like. You know, it comes on at like three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. I'm the only generation that that time. Oh, I, I see. I've known you all your life, and then and you come in, and you want to take that guy. So you only met him a couple of weeks ago. I see. This <laughs> shit. Thank you, sir. Ty, <laughs> hey, uh, what do you think about Tiafimo uh, Lopez and Gambosa? Uh, that's uh, postponed. Well, yeah, you know, it, it's been postponed a couple times. Um, yeah. And one time, the, la- the latest, latest time was because uh, Tiafima Lopez had contracted COVID or, let me just say this, at least had a positive COVID test. Um, he's fine now. He's back in training. Then they had a big issue that actually uh, came to a legal uh, conclusion because once the fight got postponed, Triller, who was putting the fight on, lost a lot of money. So to recoup it, they wanted to do it in George Cambosa's hometown in Australia. Tiafimo Lopez is like, no, I'm not for that. We got to do it in the States. We got to do it sooner. And so the IBF ruled that the fight has to be made uh, literally, I think, within the next 90 days. 
So uh, it's a pretty good fight. You got a favorite, Tiafimo Lopez. The guy beat Lomachenko. Um, so at the very least, whether you thought he beat Lomachenko because Lomachenko was injured or not, at the very least, he's fighting on that level, um, which is a level below, above Cambosis, I believe. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, they replaced that fight tonight on uh, Showtime with uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux and John uh, Casimir. Um, yeah, that's tonight. I'm looking th- very forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- what's your thoughts on that one? We don't hear uh, Rigondeaux fighting that much uh, anymore. Yeah, he's been he's been relatively inactive, obviously throughout his career. Um, he's 40 years old now. This is his second fight at 118. He fought at 122 throughout his career, and 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 that was just kind of a natural weight. He wasn't really cutting weight. Um, so you know, he decided to cut down to 118 a couple of years ago for the big fights. You know, uh, in a way, the monsters there and the Nito Donaire's there. He wanted to get in that mix. He's getting in that mix by fighting Casimiro. Very dangerous fight. Casimiro's a Filipino, again, one of those shocking kind of unorthodox guys with a shocking kind of athleticism, much more crude than Pacquiao, um, much more vulnerable than Pacquiao. Very interesting fight because Rigondeaux is 40. If Rigondeaux was 39 and a half, I'd favor him to beat Casimiro, but he's 40 now. So uh, his legs kind of aren't there the way they used to be, but he's still wily, and he still has a laser left hand at is very capable of uh, changing the course of a fight. Um, I, I, I got to lean towards Casimiro because he's a younger, fresher guy and a physical force. Um, but it's a very good fight. Looking very much uh, forward to watching this one tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. The other one on, on tonight is uh, Virgil Ortiz uh, and Kovaleskis. That's on Dazen. Give me on that. Who, me? Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a, that's a tremendous fight. Um, you have a guy in the meme machine who, uh, you know, again, like Terrence Crawford, tooth and nail, got stopped in I think the seventh or between seven and nine, he got stopped. Um, but again, he floored Terrence Crawford. It didn't get called a knockdown, but if you go back and watch the fight, you see it was a punch that made Terrence Crawford fall. Um, so I mean, the guy's a dangerous dude. He's a little inconsistent. Um, Virgil Ortiz is a young up-and-comer. He blasted out Maurice Hooker last time. Um, but it also showed some of his limitations. He's kind of linear, uh, but he's an overwhelming presence. And uh, this could make for a good fight. Nemesis knows how to win rounds. Um, but, again, you know, he, he's had some up-and-down performances. He had a draw against uh, our very young Ray Robinson. Um, and, and you know, unfortunately for Ortiz, he doesn't offer that kind of stylistic ambiguity that Ray Robinson offers. Um, but you got to favor the younger, you know, fresher kid going in. So, yeah, I got to favor Ortiz. But I think it's going to be a fine fight. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of action in that fight as well. Okay. Hey, Bob, um, they're, they're talking now uh, John Jones versus uh, uh, Gable Stevenson, uh, possibly in, in, by the end of the year. Is, is that possible? Yeah, I don't think so. I think they're still negotiating with Jones. Um, you know, they. I, I, I don't think. Yeah, like like I said, I don't think Dana wants to see him until 2022. He's waiting for the big money fight, and he wants to walk right in at a title shot 
So putting him against anybody else isn't going to be his his uh, what he wants. So I think that's what they're arguing about right now. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Gable Instead Stevenson of- just won a gold medal at the Olympics. I think he's going to go to WWE before he goes to to MMA. I honestly do. Um, and more money, bigger money. Yeah, more money, more money. Well, talking talk about more money, what, what's uh, what's your thoughts on uh, a uh, Canelo and uh, Plant fight? Supposedly it's going to be in November. Ty. Um, they said it's close to being signed. They're in advanced negotiations. They said it's close. There looks like it's going to be Fox pay-per-view, which means they've ironed out the issues. Um, and looks like we very well may get a fight on our hands in November. Um, interesting fight. I think it's uh, going to be a lot tougher than people recognize. I think Plant has all the tools to give Canelo hell. Whether he'll do it or not, not quite sure. But um, I don't think Canelo's going to roll over Plant by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and there's a part of me that wouldn't be surprised if if Plant were able to nick it. Uh, very interesting fight. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. It looks like it's it's going to be signed for November now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Bob, what about uh, – uh, what, what's the story about uh, Kahib talking about uh, going uh, full full shot and changing sports? Khabib, I hadn't heard about that, but, man, he's a, he's a specimen. I mean, I know he's managing and training, you know, working with his team, his cousin, his, his – uh, Oh, his good buddy. Um, so he's still active in the fight game, but what's he talking about doing, golf? No, nah, hey, Bob, uh, he just signed a soccer contract, a football contract. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I would have liked to at least seen golf out of it, but I guess that's more of an English sport, not a Russian sport. They don't have that. It's tough to find the golf balls in the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said with FC Legion uh, Dynamos. Uh, he's, they're going to compete in the uh, Russian Professional League, and I've, it's a three-tier, three-tiered uh, soccer league, so uh, it's a, you know, more of a semi-pro, I would think, with the third tier, wouldn't you, Ty? Yeah, it seems like it. Seems like yeah. it. I mean, when I coached uh, arena football, um, I coached first. I started out with Bobby, and I started out uh, coaching a uh, arena two game uh, here in uh, in Venice, and then we were able to move up to the big team. But uh, we uh, they're always the best because they're the guys that are trying to get up to the big show, uh, so they'll do whatever they have to do, and they listen. Uh, so it's uh, it should be interesting. But um, uh, anyway, else have here for Rob? We got another one here. Okay. Uh, Ty, <coughs> uh, Crawford and Sean Porter. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Um, it, you know, it's funny because for the first time, I actually have. Uh, Bob Arman spoke positively about it. Uh, it seems like Crawford wants it. It seems like Porter wants it. Um, it's, the WCO has mandated it. So, uh, I mean, it looks like it could happen. We still have the issue with, with 
Terrence Crawford's contract in October. Uh, his contract with top rank comes up in October. So is he going to resign with top rank or go over to the uh, PBC? See, the unfortunate part about boxing is that the business takes kind of precedent and, you know, causes a lot of monkey wrenches in fights that we want to see or fights we think we should be seeing. So even though uh, the sport has kind of mandated this fight between Terrence Crawford and, and Sean Porter, the business could take precedent and screw the fight up. So we'll see. Okay. Rob, can you give us a, an update on uh, uh, Bellator 264 with Sally and Stalter? Yeah, he uh, um, retained his title. It did really good. I mean, uh, it took him. He got a little bit of a slow start. Uh, Musali, he's been around for a while, um, and then against Salter and and uh, yeah, uh, Salter's more of the gra- uh, ground guy, more of the wrestler. But uh, Sally waited him out. I think in the third round, just punished him with ground and pound. So retained his title. Uh, looking good. Uh, yeah, I didn't know too many else, anybody else on the card uh, for the most part, but that that was a good fight. Okay. Well, what do you think? Uh, will uh, Kobe Covington ever uh, settle his beef with uh, Poirier? No. Do they ever get in the ring together? No. Oh, I'd like him to see him get in the ring together, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, uh, Colby's like, he's one of those trash talkers, you know, been that way for a, a long time, you know, and I think weren't they part of the same fight team there for a while and, and uh, yeah. created a bunch of animosity or something. So, yeah. Yeah, yes, uh, Colby's yeah, Colby's out doing his own thing right now. I don't think he's going to uh, get it, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I, apparently, just like the Herpy Brothers, you talk enough smack, you can get fights. So, <laughs> Ty, uh, David Hayes coming back um, in a couple of weeks against uh, Joe uh, Fournier. Um, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> not, not really many. Um, that's on that same card as the Oscar De La Hoya, Vitor Belfort fight. Uh, they've also signed uh, Anderson Silva against Tito Ortiz. So I'll watch because I'm a fight degenerate. Um, but David Hay and Fournier are actually they're, they're buddies. Um, you know, Fournier's you know business guy, nightclub owner, billionaire, 9-0 and as a professional fighter. Apparently he and David Hay were out having a couple drinks and it just got to trash talking a little bit. And they said, oh, well, let's, let's, let's have a spar and settle it. And Fournier said, well, no, nah, let's – Let's do it and make money. So that's how that's about. I mean, uh, if David Hay goes to, in there to kill him, he'll he should kill him. Um, but I, you know, I think it's just going to be kind of be a friendly spar um, because Fournier is not that experienced. David Hay is a former world champion, um, but he, you know, his body severely broke down on him at the end. So I can see the guys just kind of moving around, but I wouldn't expect it to be ultra. Uh, competitive and intensity, even though both guys may be trying to get a win. Mm-hmm. All right. How about uh, we got um, news came out this week that uh, Amir Khan is uh, trading with Crawford now to uh, try and beat Kel Brooks. Um, that, Brooks has been off for a while. Does that make any sense to you, that fight? Ty. 
Well, you know, they. T- I mean, Cal Brook and 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 Con- Amir Khan won a collision course since like they both came out of the amateurs. You know, they're both British guys. They've always had a rivalry. Um, for Brook, it's always been a bigger fight because Khan was the more popular guy, and because Khan was the more popular guy, he never chose to fight Brook. A lot of people in the U.K. always thought he was ducking Brook. Brook was a bad style matchup for him, which I thought in their prime he was. I absolutely thought Brook would have went ahead and knocked Amir Khan out. I think Amir Khan kind of knew it was a dangerous fight, but he had so much more to lose because he was the bigger name. Now they're both times that the last, both of their last fights were knockout losses to Terrence Crawford. So kind of with no more big money fights at this point in, in Amir Khan's career, now he's ready to have the Brook fight. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Brook will always take the fight, but there'll be a big hang-up and wait. Brook has no business fighting at 147. Ever since he moved up to fight Triple G, he should have never gone back to 147. He did, gave a great account of himself to Spence, but lost his title in the 11th. Um so, you know, weight's always going to be a big hang-up. But at this point in their careers, I can see Brooke, you know, doing what he has to do and coming down to 147 and, and fighting Khan. But that's why this is going on. They've been rivals since they were like 20 years old. And uh, it's a fight that just never happened because Amir Khan didn't want it at the time. Okay. Hey, Bob, there's a lot of talk in the trades about uh, Dustin Poirier. Um, and uh, he, he keeps – running off of the mouth of the UFC is blocking him from fighting Nate Diaz. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, I just saw something about that. They might uh, they might put that together because that's a money fight. I mean, Poirier's up there right now uh, since he just took out McGregor for the second time, and he can start maybe going after some money fights and stuff, um, which mm-hmm. I would like to see because, you know, he's not that big trash talker, and it would get Nate back sure. in there, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I did catch a little something about that. I can't remember if they, they're signing that up or not, but, um, they verbally agreed to a fight like two days ago, but whether that'll happen or not, uh, that all comes down to Dana, you know? Okay. Uh, Ty, uh, David, uh, Benvenutis, uh, had to cancel his fight, uh, because of uh, COVID-19, um, yeah. Or he tested positive, I should say. Um, wh- where do you see his if he gets a chance to come back? What would he, who would he go after? I think he, you know, what'll probably happen is the fight with Uskadege could very well be postponed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously with Plant looking very likely to sign in on to the Canelo fight, Benavidez won't be able to get Plant. Plant has never been interested in that fight unless Benavidez has had a title, which he lost on the scales. Um, so, you know, right now all the titles are tied up between Plant and Saul Canelo Alvarez. So I think Benavidez comes back. He, you know, potentially takes on Uskadege or another kind of stay busy fight and try to angle himself for the winner of that fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, since you brought up Canelo, Canelo and, and, uh, and Plant, uh, they're talking about the possibility of a November uh, match. Um, is that a smart move for Plant, or is it going to be uh, – I mean, he's run his mouth off a lot. So, 
something happened. It sounds like somebody's underwater. <laughs> Tony? Hello? Can't hear Tony. Can't hear anybody. Hear you, Ty. Testing, one, two. I hear you. That's 10-4. Come on over. <laughs> are we still on? Wow. Well, I think I think you and I are. I don't know what happened to anybody else. I don't know. I can't hear anything. How about Clay Guido coming up next weekend? I can't wait for that fight. You know, Who's he fighting? I don't even I'm know that myself. Oh uh, yeah, he's coming up next weekend uh, on the uh, UFC Fight Night. He's going against Mark Madsen, undefeated Mark Madsen. Let me throw that out there, because Clay Guida all the time. That's that's one guy I use as the staple in my training. You know, you get these people that are dancing around all the time and trying to do this that. I'm like, you are no Clay Guido. You don't have that energy. <laughs> you know, save it. So. You know, it's funny that Clay Guida still fights at that level this late in his career. You know, he's a guy who's been through a lot of wars. Remember his scrap with Nate Diaz? And, like, the fact that he's still fighting an undefeated guy and he still fights with that much energy, um, and he's still as As durable as he ever was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. fantastic. 36 and 17, man, that's a big record. You know, so he's coming up next weekend underneath uh, Jared Cornier versus Kelvin Gaston. That'll be a good good run-in, too. Yeah, that would be a good one. You know, who do you favor in that fight? I'm going to go with Gaston. I mean, I don't know. Cunier has is, is got some serious knockout power. I've seen Gaston go both ways, ground and top. Uh, I don't know. I, I see it maybe getting, uh, you know, a lot of fence work maybe, but uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I favor Gaston too. I mean, uh, you know, he does have a lot of knockout power, but Gaston will take, first of all, he takes a hell of a shot. And he's just a more yeah, well-rounded fighter. Gaston, Gaston's problem is he runs a little hot and cold. Um, but, you know, I think he beats, honestly, I think on his best day, he beats everybody except, you know, Whitaker and Adesanya. And Gaston was a yeah. guy, if you remember, who should have been fighting at welterweight, but Dana White kicked him out the welterweight division because he kept missing weight. So, you know, his frame right. is really of a welterweight, you know. So, I, 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 I've always uh, thought Gaston was a tremendous fighter. And yeah. Kanye, I think, is, you know, Kanye's a big puncher, but I think he's a little limited. You know, I think if he can't overwhelm you, which I don't think he'll be able to do yet to Gaston, I don't think he really right. has a solid plan B. So, I, that's just kind of my take on that fight. I, I completely concur with you. I think Gaston, Yeah, I don't think it's hard. If you don't get him in the first round, which with Gaston, I mean – and that's not the compliment as a fighter you want. Not like, you know, he's got good offense, he's got good, good defense, but, man, he can take a shot. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the best compliment yeah. in the world. 
the, the guess him, you know, the longer the fight goes, he'll ground it out and grind him down and, okay. you know, probably a second, third round stoppage kind of thing or, or a decision. Yeah, where Kenny A is one of those kind of guys that if, if, if it doesn't work, he just tries harder as opposed to having yeah. another game plan for that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't switch it up. Just throw the throw the two harder. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. He's one of those guys. Uh, we lost you there, Frank. So we just started talking. Now no, I'm back. Yeah. For, okay. Uh, the uh, the uh, I don't know. I think uh, uh, they still got uh, um, the Bell uh, people running these phones down here in Florida. Because uh, every time we get honestly, a, I thought Antifa came and got us because of Bob's comments. That's what I thought. <laughs> I said, "Oh man, Antifa, Antifa finally got us because of Bob's damn non-PC comments." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're safe on that one. But uh, um, I was just listening to what you guys were saying um, as far as as the, uh, the the fights that are coming up. What the hell? The uh, Ty uh, uh, Nasty uh, took the uh, welterweight belt uh, away from uh, um, Mikel uh, Fox uh, last week. Did you have anything on that one? Well, it should first of all, it should have been no welterweight belt on the line. These guys aren't that level. But the reason why there was a welterweight uh, belt on the line, a trinket on the line, was because of Mikel Fox's uh, opponent, Gabriel Maestre who's the Venezuelan Olympian. And so this was supposed to be kind of a step-up fight for Maestre. And he, he basically got out boxed for, you know, nine of ten rounds. And the decision mm-hmm. went to Maestre unbelievably. Um, some boxing writers have called it the worst decision in history. That's how bad. You know, boxing's had some tremendously horrible decisions. But this was this was mm-hmm. atrocious. And typically this goes unnoticed because these are guys that no one's really heard of, right? And the A-side is the guy with the bigger backing. So stuff like this doesn't usually get retribution. But this was nationally televised. Mm-hmm. Too many people saw it. Um, and then what also happened is the judge, who had a, a significantly dissenting card, um, it was a WBA fight, and that particular judge is like the sister-in-law of the WBA president. And the guy who won the fight, like one of his managers or something, is like related to somebody else with the WBA. So it's just a whole bunch of conflict of interest. And then to top it off, the judge with the real dissenting uh, report, apparently they unearth racist tweets that she's made. So it's right. just a big right. cluster clusterfuck you know so um we'll see what happens i i think they may order uh you know an immediate rematch but uh it it's just horrible for boxing horrible 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 for boxing yes he um her name is uh, gloria martinez uh, rizzo she's been uh, suspended indefinitely and um uh, i guess the uh, they are demanding a, a rematch of the fight so uh it should be a, an interesting next couple of weeks to see who does this. You know, it, I don't know if you remember, uh, Ty, a few years ago when we asked uh, um, Bob Alexander's wife was, was starting to um, be a judge. And uh, they didn't know real formal training. Their formal training was sorry. next to a... a they get no formal training when they're, when they're doing the coming up. They sit next to a, uh, a seasoned uh, uh, 
judge, and they watch what he does, and then uh, after they have their 10, um, I guess, practice turns, uh, games, uh, fights, they, they're allowed to go to a, a minor fight, and then they see how they do from there before they move them up. But as far as any real training, they have none. Yeah, remember we had Bob Alexander's wife on the show? Great. Yeah, yeah that's right. You, you know, she she would actually be somebody to talk to to get her perspective on this because she's done the job and she had the training. Remember, mm-hmm. she was telling us the whole process. Um, right. And, uh, you, you know, but you know what's funny is MMA, because of the monopoly that the companies have, MMA is just not like the wild, wild west like boxing, right? You got Professional Fight League, you got Bellator, you got the UFC. So, you know, each company has this monopoly. And so they don't have mm-hmm. all the, you know, the, the controversies that boxing has. But they have bad judging, too. Like, the bad mm-hmm. judging is, is just endemic to con- combat sports, period. You know, it's already mm-hmm. like a fight is – when a fight goes the distance, it's the one sport, I always say this, that is subjective at the end. When in a golf match, mm-hmm. in a basketball game, football game – you look up at the scoreboard, you know who won. And a boxing match is subjective. It comes down to the decision of these three people. Uh, but the fact that we have so many bad decisions across the board in both sports, it, just, it, it goes to show you that there's a problem that goes deeper than just people seeing the fight differently right. to me. Right. And how do these people yeah. get in to become judges? You see about in the amateur uh, level and stuff, these amateur MMA judges that have never done the sport. Like, how does that happen? Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what we're saying. You know, we since there is no no formal training, no schooling, no nothing that that, that they can go to. You know, um, you know, it's funny because the one thing I always appreciated about one thing I always appreciated about Joe Rogan um, is because Joe Rogan trained, you know, specifically trained in, in jujitsu. Whenever he called a match, he could always appreciate, articulate the aspects of the grappling when a crowd might be booing. Mm-hmm. The judges, like Bob was saying, don't seem to have those subtle eyes to really be able to, like, you know what the funny thing is? I'll watch a fight, right? And I'll watch a guy mm-hmm. for, for three and a half minutes piece a guy up on, on the feet. Then he'll get taken down and get laid on for two minutes. And I'm like, well, the guy who got laid, got laid on lost the round, even though for three and a half minutes he was destroying this kid. But all of a sudden the guy will take mm-hmm. him down, not do any damage, but basically hold him down for two rounds, and he wins the round. Like, they, I think Bob is right specifically in MMA. They're just the, the judges I don't think are as educated as, as, as they need to be to truly, you know, engage with what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny that we t- while we're talking about this, uh, another fight that uh, came up would, would be uh, the uh, Cassano and uh, uh, Charlo, where uh, it was questionable whether Charlo, Charlo keeps saying, no, he didn't lose the fight, but he did lose the fight. And when you sit down and take a look at it, and you go back and take a look at it, uh, he lost uh, many more rounds than he thought he did. Yeah, I thought Charlo lost that fight, but I thought Castano nicked it. And I thought that fight mm-hmm. was a good difference between um, a close fight and and 
a robbery. That fight wasn't a robbery by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I thought the fight could have only gone one of two ways, either a Castano win or a draw. And it was a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, to me, that that the reason why it was a draw is because Charlo won that last round. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Charlo, I, again, though, see, see, here's the problem. That was a fight that most people felt Cassano won closely. But a lot of people thought it could have been a draw. Some people thought Charlo won. But the problem mm-hmm. wasn't the decision. The problem was you had one card that said Charlo won nine out of 12 rounds. Well, you know that's not what you watch. That's the problem. Great. The problem wasn't, like, the problem was that judge had to be overruled by the other judges to make it a draw. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a legitimately, mm-hmm. legitimately close fight. Like you, I thought Castano won, but he didn't win by more than one or two rounds. And when it comes down to one or two rounds and you got tight rounds, that could go either way. 117 right. or 111 is egregious. That's the problem we have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, guys, uh, well, let me ask you one more question. Uh, uh, Fight that's that's being talked up is uh, Jared Hurd um, against um, uh, Lewis. Uh, was it Arias? Tell me what do you think of that one. Well, he just lost. Uh, he lost that fight. Actually, that fight happened a few weeks ago, and he he lost. He looked lackluster. Um, <laughs> excuse me. He looks caught up in between styles. And uh-huh. you know, it's funny. Um, it, it, it looked like his fight, Julian Williams, kind of took his bite out of him. And, you know, with that being said, there was a – Bob, specifically to you, I don't know if you knew, Rory McDonald fought last night in the PFL event. And uh, he, he was dominated. Like, he, he was dominated for three rounds. And that's a guy who looks like he hasn't been the same since the Robbie Lawler war. <laughs> Yeah, it'll it'll. Uh, I mean, well, again, once you take that beating, I mean, just like we were talking, you were talking earlier yeah. uh, with, with uh, 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 you take a certain blood force trauma or whatever, and then you injure yourself, you build a scar tissue, you're uh, possible to get injured there again. It's kind of the same thing with knockouts. I mean, that's kind of when I knew I was done. You know, when I when a shot came at me in a fight that wasn't any harder than a sparring shot. And and took me down. I'm like, well, something's wrong with my neck. Something's wrong with. I mean, you can kind of just tell the body's given out. You know what I mean? And so these guys, you know, same thing as the Diaz brothers and stuff coming in with all the scar tissue in their face. So you know they're going to bleed. Mm-hmm. You know, you can stop it on a cut, and it's unfortunate. Uh, same thing uh, that got out Forrest Griffin. You know, but um, so these guys that you know after they take a serious beating in some of these fights, man, they come back and they're just not quite the same, man. They're a lot more mm-hmm. hesitant. Uh, they've got a little bit more fear in their yeah. eyes. I mean, you know, yeah. when I first started out, when I was young, I was undefeated, you know, in a new sport. I was doing well. I, you know, locked off my training. I'm like, I'm invincible. Then, it, you know, then an ACL repair, that, that sure humbles you up real quick, you, you know. Then you're uh-huh. like, oh, I am, you know. And now I have to, you know, always be thinking about that, no matter what's going on in the fight. You know, and, and if you go out and you favor something, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> have a limp, uh, you're dropping your arm or something like that, They can, you know, fighters should be able to read your body language and tell, and that's an open. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it's the same thing with that attitude. You know, if you're not coming mm-hmm. back with that killer instinct, you know, with nothing to lose kind of kind of attitude, um, and you're mm-hmm. hesitant, uh, you're either really really good, you know, or or uh, you're 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 timid, you know, and, and so that kind of mm-hmm. changes things. You know what? It's yeah. funny because I wanted to ask you right about the mental scarring, right? Because I see it kind of with Jared Hurd, but specifically, I really kind of witnessed it with Rory McDonald. Um, not just last night, but it was really clear to me last night. He seems like a guy now. And, and Roy McDonald used to go by, like, he used to call himself like the American psycho. And now he right. seems like a guy who rather accept uh, a defeat than, than go through damage to fight out a win. Um, so, yeah. like, what happens? Does, does, like, mentally, do, do you not, are you not able to access that dark place? Or are you just not? What happens? No, it's just, it, I mean, okay, same thing with any adult. Look how we fall, right? And then watch a toddler right. fall. I mean, they just sit down. They don't have the fear of getting hurt. At some point, I don't know, between 8 and 15 years old, we decide, we, we discover how far away the ground is, and we start trying to stay away mm-hmm. from it, and it makes our falls even more, you know, uh, 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 tragic, you know, if you just sit down like a snowboarder or a small child. I mean, it's that, it's, so again, when you go in there like that, um, it's not. It's not that you're afraid. It's 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 that you know that you're human. Uh, the guy across you're human. You're both gonna bleed. You know more than likely. You know, and that's that's the one thing. You know, you might beat me, but we're both gonna bleed. Like I'm. I, you, you know, I've I've been through surgeries. I've been through broken stuff. You I, you ain't got nothing to bring to me that I haven't gone through, bud. You, you know, so that mm-hmm. kind of opened me up you know, later in life to now, now I have like zero fear because I know the great medical doctors and stuff can put Humpty Dumpty back together again, you, you know, but when you mm-hmm. first get into those injuries and stuff, you, you, you compensate it. It's like my first ACL surgery on my right leg. You know, you, uh, mm-hmm. you, you favor that leg no matter what in your gait, the way you walk, the way you stand later, you know, then mm-hmm. you overuse the left leg to get ACL surgery there. So when I had them both done, I had them take both legs at the same time. So that way I couldn't compensate on either leg. I was like, I know what's going to happen, you know, so mm-hmm. let's just get it over with. So that's, that's the thing with mm-hmm. these fighters. Okay. Well, guys, we're just about up uh, on our time here. Bob, uh, I want to thank you again for uh, all your preparation. Ty, you're always uh, top notch on the, on the responses and I appreciate that every, uh, every week. Uh, um, so, Ty, you want to lead us out? Hey, it's been a great show, man. I always love talking to my guy, Bob, about MMA, Tony, you, Butch. Uh, Zito, congratulations on taking his daughter to college. That's what he's doing uh, today. Nice. Uh, starting school in, in North Carolina, so kudos to him. Um, mm-hmm. Bob is their co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a safe and wonderful week. Thanks. Bob? Yeah, guys, always a, a great week. Ty, thank you so much for bailing me out all the time. Sorry, our fans, that we had a little uh, technical difficulties early with the phones. Uh, hopefully me and Ty pulled this out for a minute. Um, everyone have a great week. God bless and be safe. I want to thank you guys for uh, hanging in there. Yeah, like I said, uh, I had to get on my cell phone because the, uh, the, the, um, front- uh, the spectrum just uh, failed us again tonight. But... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in thankful appreciation. 
the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of police and fire services, the men and women of the doctors, the nurses, and the sundry people at the hospitals, and also the fine people in the markets to keep us healthy. Uh, we thank you very much for all you do. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're out there uh, in, in, in the crowd anymore, please wear a mask. Uh, this COVID uh, resurgence is, is really taking a toll on a lot of people. Uh, in the last week, there's 14,000 people alone in the state of Florida that have been admitted to the hospitals. So we don't want to lose any, any of our listeners. We appreciate each and every one of you, and uh, we hope you'll stay with us uh, as long as you can. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty, including Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Bainger, Patrolman Jeffrey Haslett, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childress, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerbin, Newcastle County Police, and Alpha Kristen, Lake Lindini, Chief Alpha Hogle, along with Chief Police Department, Chief Team Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Lonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Simon Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Solid County Sheriff's Department, Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Pine County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Robert Tremaine, Windermere Florida Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, <clears throat> Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Solace Fire Department, um, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Highland County Sheriff, uh, I'm sorry, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Catlop, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Rodney Bond, uh, Philadelphia Police Department, Lieutenant uh, uh, Jerry Fikes, Women's Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Women's Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hook, Women's Fire Department, FDOE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Ballard, Descending Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Descending Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Latano, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Clay County uh, Sheriff Clay Zerba, uh, Deputy Natalie Coloma, LA County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Abel Rodriguez, Sheriff County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McKechnie, Washington, Kentucky Police Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Sergeant Brian Levine, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Mike Malik, Alan Hope, the Dallas County Sheriff's Department. I want to send a, a personal thank you out to the Kissimmee Police Department. They allowed, uh, allowed me to be part of the contingent of law officers uh, escorting uh, Matt Baxter's youngest uh, child to uh, a stay in school on Wednesday. What a thrill. What a great job. I hope you uh, enjoy uh, all the school that you can get. Uh, and thank you, guys. Shemalek Mahilama Shemahezahilma Sona Shenevorat Fed
Thank you. 